Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast, brought to you by Mention Me. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, and thanks for joining us today. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing, and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business, and the results of harnessing customer advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. So I'm excited to be joined today by Shelley Chandler, founder and principal strategist for Evolve X. Shelley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Simeon. So you're here today to discuss how CX leaders can use customer advocacy to give themselves and therefore their customers a more influential voice within their business. Before we dive in, though, do you want to give a quick introduction to our listeners? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. I'm Shelley, and I've been working in customer experience for about 20 years, starting in marketing and product development. And what I love about customer experience is that chance to figure out what makes customers buy, what makes them tick, what makes them happy. Um, I think that joining those things to business objectives and goals is just fascinating, but it's a difficult slog to get there. Um, Trying to figure out how to draw those lines to business results can be rather difficult. So that's what my practice focuses on. And I'm helping companies of all sizes to understand where those links are and what they can do and then what mistakes they can avoid as well. Fabulous. That's why we have uh, expert companies like yourself and podcasts like this, because as you said, it's it's great, but not easy. So uh, hopefully we can help a little bit in the next 20 to 30 minutes. Um, now, as traditional on the show, to get things kicked off, I'd love for you to share a time recently where as a consumer, you experienced customer love firsthand and really what impact that had on you as a consumer. Mm. Oh, that one's very top of mind for me. Um, I experienced it while adopt, trying to adopt a dog, actually, um, in working with rescue organizations. It's very difficult to find ones that are well-staffed enough to get back to you and to, to really make the process easy. But I did find one, and that's the one that we're getting our dog from. Um, it was what they did differently was, one, they realized that when there's a customer who's interested in this, it's an emotional decision, and so they acted quickly, as, as quickly as they could. Um, They made themselves personally available to talk about the dog that I was looking for. So they made that experience personal and special for me. And then when I went in to see the dogs that they had, they arranged for that pretty quickly. And they've geared their volunteers who foster the dogs to be just to be um, reassuring and to be um, also very honest about the, the dog that we're getting. And as we've gone through the process, we're almost at the point to bring the dog home. Uh, they, they've just been everything. They recognize the needs of me as a customer and they've been everything that I needed in reassurance along the way. So, you know, just making things easy for me and just making sure that it was a good connection just made me feel so good about them and so loyal about them. I've already begun to advocate and I'll be getting uh, volunteer work soon. Oh, what a lovely story. I really like that. Um, because as you rightly say, it's obviously a, an emotional decision 
to to invest in buying something like a dog, but also potentially quite a daunting one as well. It's a big responsibility for people. And so it's nice that they're able to kind of put you at ease, make that whole experience um, kind of a bit bit more smooth and and easy for yourself. And um, I've heard as well, it's quite a long process as well, isn't it? In terms of adopting a dog, it's not something that just kind of happens in a week or so. So again... The, the ones who are um, especially cute tend to, to go quickly. You know, I, I suppose that's like anything. But um, yeah, it's it's a long process. And that's that's for good reason. Yeah, absolutely. Great example. Thank you, Shelley. Um, now, to kind of get things kicked off, um, obviously, this idea of customer love means different things to different people. And I'd be really interested to hear for someone that spent such a long period of time in their career around customer experience and is now consulting other businesses around customer experience. I'd love to get your perspective on what customer love means to you. Yeah, to me, if you're thinking about it from the customer's perspective, you know, there's that sense of, I am so happy with this brand that they come along with me in my life, that I have have faith in them. And even if they stumble, I know they're going to recover. Um, from a business perspective, however, I think that customer love is something that's very misunderstood. Um, I think that leadership can tend to think, and I'm talking about the C-suite level, can tend to think that when you say something like customer love, it's going to be something that's that's too squishy for them to put their arms around. It's going to cost a lot. It's it's it, it, it's rather an insincere insincere statement. And I think from the business perspective, we have to understand that that just takes a different manifestation. Yeah, I think it's a very good point. I think I think it's a very good point, actually. Um, obviously, the word love invokes different emotions. And, and sometimes, to your point, um, people can think of it as something that's not particularly tangible or measurable. And so um, being able to kind of put it in a more business sense and actually talk about the importance of it, how you measure the success for it is obviously a challenge, but something that you need to obviously overcome when you're talking about customer experience. And we're going to dive into that in a little bit more detail as, as we go on through the show. But um, and you're, you're totally right in, in terms of what you're talking about there around um, um, as a customer, I guess, if you feel this way about a brand, you're more likely to potentially forgive mistakes that, that, that they make. And actually, I think that's a really important point. You know, businesses are never always going to get it right. Um, but when you're kind of, ad, you know, when you're at that stage where you feel like you're an advocate for a brand, you're more likely to kind of overlook those mistakes, so to speak, and kind of let them try again to, to win you back. Right. I mean, think about my experience in adopting the dog. I am now telling people about this because they stand out in a field of experiences that just aren't great. And because they got to my heart, which is easy to do with dogs, they they got to my heart. I want more people to know about them. Absolutely. Uh, so to get things kicked off, I'd love to hear from your experience working with CX teams. Where do you see them sitting within the wider business organization? And has there been any significant change over the last few years in terms of reporting lines and also how they're perceived by the wider business in terms of the value that they're driving? Yes, there's been a lot of change. And I'll I'll go back a little bit and give you my historical perspective. I would say that the years 2003 to 2011, no, maybe 2014, were really just kind of the heyday for customer experience. It was growing. Everybody wanted to do this. 
companies didn't always understand what it was about, but they knew that they needed to do this. Um, the prevalence of the NPS score became important in the C-suite and people who could understand that and manage that were being hired like crazy. So there, were, there was a lot of opportunity and customer experience was becoming something that could stand on its own. So it could sit in its own function reporting to the C-suite. There were CXO or CCO jobs um, in a lot of companies, especially the larger ones. And, you know, that probably continued up until the pandemic. I would say, you know, that after between 2014 and and 2020, um, the profession had somewhat solidified and companies who were serious about customer love, serious about customer experience, had a customer experience team. But in that latter part of that period that I talked about before the pandemic, um, a phenomenon was happening where customer experience became more of a function for measurement. And measurement is a huge part of it, but measurement isn't the only part of it. I mean, collecting insights, measuring experiences, analyzing all the data together, and then designing experiences is what it's all about. But we got kind of stuck at the measurement piece for customer experience professionals. And as a result, I believe that coming out of the pandemic, profession wasn't ready for all the digitization, all the automation that happened as a result of not only COVID, but as a result of now the takeoff in AI when it's finally accessible. So um, the profession has changed quite a bit. Another change, Simeon, has been that product coming out of the pandemic, product in a corporation has started to take over additional functions. So at many places where I, you know, where I speak to different companies, they're, they're making product kind of the highest level, almost strategy, even strategy to itself, strategy, customer experience, and digital are kind of all falling under product. And, you know, that's great. If you're, if your product is mainly digital, um, I think that if it's not, it, can tend to leave some important things out of the equation. So we have to be careful as product begins to, and not exclusively or not, I'm not saying this is happening everywhere, but as product begins to kind of be the um, organizing point, that elements of customer experience that are important aren't lost. That's very interesting. And just going back to the point about the pandemic, that was obviously a period where a lot of businesses were focusing heavily on new customer acquisition. Do you think the customer experience piece maybe suffered as a result of that? And now that we're out of the pandemic, are companies essentially playing catch up with regards to CX? I agree that 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 could be happening now. It's been a slow start for it to happen, though, because, you know, as you know, 2021 was all about recovering from COVID. Companies recovered quite well, actually, so much to the point that they they overhired. And then 2022, with its inflationary pressures toward the end of the year, numbers weren't what they needed to be. And, uh, you know, layoffs happened in these types of customer experience roles. So, so from customer experience to product management, uh, all across the spectrum, there were just kind of a lot of layoffs. Oops, we overhired, we got overly ambitious because we knew going into 2023 what inflation was going to do. So it's been a very slow start based on talking to other 
groups who do consulting, talking to companies themselves, looking at hiring practices. It really hasn't picked up until, it didn't pick up until about June, July of this year, where companies were starting to say, wait, we kind of lost something here. This nice to have customer experience stuff does need to come back now. It's not roaring yet. It's just absolutely still trickling in. But I, I do believe that um, that's going to become an imperative as we move into 2024. We still may have some uncertainty ahead, but at least the U.S. economy, you know, here things are doing pretty well. The Dow is back up over what it was prior to COVID. Yeah, very interesting. And that leads me on nicely to my next question, actually. Um, with the CX teams and businesses that you're working with um, more broadly, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges facing those teams today? I think that goes back to that period of 2014, and I'm just using these dates loosely, but 2014 to 2020, one of the biggest challenges is making sure that customer experience isn't perceived as only measurement and surveying. You know, surveying itself, for example, is really not the primary way that we collect customer information now. And it's not the primary way we collect customer data. It is a major way, but it's becoming less and less about a structured solicited type of survey and becoming more about um, how can we collect everything that's out there and put that together with our behavioral data, with our financial data, and then understand our customers at a deeper level. So making sure that customer uh, customer experience teams don't get caught in that um, propensity to just keep the hamster wheel spinning and reporting out the numbers and not doing anything about it. Now, they themselves can't do much about it. They can bring all the information. But the second challenge, I think, for CX professionals is cross-functional cooperation. And we'll always have silos in business. You know, we have we have groups who want to meet their goals and exceed their goals. But looking at um, how you can continue to make those improvements or innovate across the organization is going to be critical. And I think that's a good point from from discussions I've had. Um, a common thread that keeps coming up is to be a truly customer centric business that needs to flow through the entire organization you might have a customer experience team but actually this idea of customer love customer advocacy needs to come from the top and flow right down to the bottom and so obviously if you're very siloed within your team and that's not feeding out to the wider business and you've got a problem yeah and if i could just amplify on that it needs to come from the top and the top will often say that customer experience is important. That's their job. I mean, that's that's what they need to do. And if they're not saying that, that's your first problem. But your second problem quickly becomes the frozen middle, you know, making sure that the top supports the ability for all of their reports and leadership to expand what they're doing and to think about things differently and to be willing to prioritize different activities based upon customer input. Because ultimately, that input should lead to increased revenue, uh, reduced expense, it, less churn. It should relieve, lead to all that if you're prioritizing your projects right. And that's what I see is a lot of companies are kind of stuck at the prioritization stage with the CX people carrying the flag when, you know, it, it really ought to be, you know, the head of operations carrying the flag or the head of sales all of those things. It's not that they need to report to them. I still believe that customer experience should be in its own discrete bucket. But we are seeing more and more of them going back to the traditional 
places to report like marketing or like product management, even digital. Companies are making it all about digital when there's a whole service design experience to be thinking about. I want to, I want to explore in a second um, how customer experience leaders can use customer advocacy to essentially have a more influential voice in the company and, and get their customers obviously at the forefront of, of um, business leaders' minds. But just to come back quickly to that point, um, and again, this is something that I've discussed with a number of guests in terms of reporting lines and where customer experience sits. Do you find that there is a particular reporting line um, or a particular team where customer experience will sit where it's most successful? So, for example, earlier we were saying that there's a there's a growing trend that customer experience might be reporting into product or it might be reporting into digital or a CMO, for example. Um I'd just be curious as to know, from in your opinion, do you think one of those is more effective uh, than the other? I believe that customer experience should report on its own to this chief customer officer. If that's not something that is supported or doable, um, I think reporting to product is okay, as long as the product leader understands that customer experience, it goes beyond product and extends to service. I think, you know, based on my own personal experience, one of the most impactful places for it to report is in operations, because operations makes everything happen. And if you're not having it uh, live above all the other functions so that it can have influence on all the functions, operations is a solid place for it to report because you're in the midst of the business and you know, you're making the changes that need to be made um, that, that kind of can preclude innovation a bit. Operations is not about innovations, except when it's improving things, uh, current experiences. Strategy is another place it could live to. These are all places that it lives. Um, but operations, strategy, product, I think those are the preferable ones. That's really interesting. Um, so again, coming back to this point that you made earlier around um business leaders, CEOs might well be saying that customer experience is important, but actually getting them to action it and do something about it is completely different. So um, I'd love to hear from you any advice or an experience you've had around how CX leaders can have a more influential voice in the business, ultimately elevating their customers to the top table as well. How do they need to approach that with business leaders, do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe the mistakes that we've made over the past couple of years is not being good enough business people. That's just what it is, is not understanding um, the financials of a company, um, not being involved in the beginning of product decisions or um, innovation decisions. You know, not, not being involved early on in the process has been a detriment. When customer experience is pulled in at the end, that's the wrong place for it to be. Then you're dealing with, uh, you're, you're dealing with how do we cover this good thing or this bad thing? You know, how do we respond to customers? That's such a small piece of it. It really should begin in the beginning. And what is difficult about that is making the case, I think, to the CFOs who don't understand necessarily the business of CX and don't hear you speaking the same words. So if you are not talking about return on investment and talking about business cases and then showing that you understand how to achieve those, that's the big piece, you're not going to be effective. You're going to be relegated lower in the organization. 
Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, and again, you made a really good point there about the fact that when CX is brought in too late, it becomes very reactive. You're you're reacting to customers' problems, whereas I guess if you're brought in from the start, those problems might not manifest. Right. An, an example would be um, in working with a major project at a company that I uh, worked for where I, I led customer experience. Now, it's true. I was just hired, but I was brought in halfway through a project that was called Customer Choice when it really was about removing choices for customers and making things uh, more efficient for the company. And even though that that name never went to the customer base, just how you set expectations internally leads to everything. Uh, the, The team that was developing some of the changes to the service, the digital team, and others had to understand well, what's choice about this. We were actually making things a little bit more difficult. So, if a customer chooses the way we want, then it's their choice. Yay! But you know that that just it wasn't even a name that anyone could get their head around. So, starting internally, working with the employees to make sure that they know what they're delivering is just one of the first important pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'd love if you could share some examples, maybe of businesses that you've worked with or worked for that have really nailed their customer experience function. Um, and what impact getting that right has overall on the business as well? You know, um, I worked for many years in banking customer experience and banks have had an early lead on this, um, even more so insurance companies. Um, there's one insurance company that I worked with that comes right to mind and it's Erie Insurance typically ranked as one of the top in providing a great customer experience. That's because they focus on their agent experience. They've done a great job of gathering data and using that to help their agents to understand what's the best way to deliver experience to customers, to to work on um, not only policies behind the scenes, but in how the brokers, how the agents themselves come across to their customers. So when you go deep like that, so you do not only look at problems, but you look at how about the people, and this is kind of a B2B relationship, how about the people who are delivering the service and delivering the experience? How can we assist them? So they do a really good job of sharing that information up and down and have really maintain their leadership in the insurance industry for customer experience. I think other other um, other fields, other verticals are farther behind in customer experience. I would say insurance and banking is probably one of the first and largest, certainly. Um, I think that there are some, some companies that I've worked with, like, um, I guess I can mention them, right? Can I mention names? <laughs> All right. Uh, I've worked with Penske, which is a trucking um, transportation company. They do a lot of truck leasing for major retailers who send products out throughout the United States and actually uh, North America. And I worked with them to help found their customer experience program as a consultant. But they did a great job in understanding customers' journey from end to end and then understanding the drivers of those trucks' journey. So at one point... When we had identified in the journey a lot of pain points and moments of truth, they really went to work on how does that match up with our business goals and what we're planning to do in the next year? You know, are we actually working on things that will have customer impact? 
And, you know, how do we think about that? So their executive leadership there really believes in bringing the right insights to bear, combining it with data, and then delivering a product that has set them apart from really their, their one major competitor in a huge way. What I love about that example, actually, and, and again, this is a, another common thread that I hear is that um, a, a, I suppose a misconception is to deliver great customer experience, you need to be a really kind of cool brand or sell something that's really exciting. I'm not saying that trucking isn't necessarily exciting, but <laughs> on, on the face of it, it might not necessarily be something that you'd kind of um, put in the same bracket as Disney or Apple, for example. But yes. actually, the point you just made there is regardless of what business that you're that you're in or what service you're selling, you've got that opportunity to live a great customer experience. And actually, there's probably an argument to say that if you're in one of those industries that might not be perceived as being as kind of cool or interesting as, as others, you've got an opportunity to really differentiate yourselves through the experiences that you're delivering to your customers as well. I mean, that's so true. And, you know, cool only goes so far. But if I were a customer experience professional out there looking for my next um, my next role at a company, uh, I would I'd not be swayed by cool and I'd be swayed by opportunity. And there is a lot more opportunity in B2B because they've just come along a little bit later. Some of these older companies are transforming themselves so that they um, they really are hungry for customer experience principles and execution. Yeah, absolutely. Shelley, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast brought to you by Mention Me. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, and thanks for joining us today. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business and the results of harnessing customer advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode.